about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker. That is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. Greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show podcast edition here on Westwood One via iTunes and Stitcher. That would be me. Todd and Aaron are here with us as well. And we would love it if you would join us. Let us know what you think about what you what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Todd and Aaron are here along for the ride as well. Let's get an update on the television show. We just wrapped up the Dace Group for CRTV, our benevolent overlords who underwrite the cost of this podcast each day so it can be free for you, the people. Todd, what stood out to you about the Dace Group today? That uh, once again, we are showing the way that uh, it is possible to throw down theologically, ecclesiastically, etc., and uh, still walk away uh, as friends and brothers. It was a good rock'em sock'em discussion and a needed one. Aaron. Yeah, no, that was the exact same thing. It's it's interesting when we talk about the Pope, just the, the way that our political arena is right now and just the, the way... Um, the arena of public uh, thought is right now. I'm always like, okay, I, there's a Catholic in the room. I can't be too. And and then and then I realize, oh yeah, it's Todd. If I say something nuts, he's going he's going to call me out. And uh, you know, if I say something that's right on, he'll he'll admit that. It's refreshing when we're all honest. That's yeah, that's what I say. And I also, agreed. Yeah, and also an update on Marx's madness as well. But go ahead. Which you don't want to miss that, by the way. You're lucky. I. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely. You're lucky. I didn't wear my smug cologne today. Then it could have been trouble. <laughs> yeah. This is why I say, oh, we fight too much. We're not. We're not fighting at all. We we need to fight more. We need more arguments. Uh, sniveling behind uh, Pez Dispenser sixty nine me as your screen name on Twitter is not an argument. That's not a fight. That's just being a douchebag. Those are two totally different things. Trolling, trolling someone, writing something in the comments section of your in-laws' Facebook page because you don't like their political opinion one way or the other that you would never dare say to their face is not an argument. You're just a, you're clown, you're just clowning yourself, man. You're a bunghole. All right, and that, there's no, that's, that's that, see we we think that is an argument. We think that is a debate, and it's not. All right, we need to argue more, not less. And where we do it face-to-face. And we're honest about what we believe. And you do it face-to-face because if you do it that way, you're more likely to be empathetic when you have to look somebody in the eye. And, 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 and empathetic in that you have to care about what they think about what you think, even if you can't get them to agree. But there's an added layer of accountability there. For most people, unless they're just, you know, they're so far gone in their anger or they're emotionally imbalanced. But uh, for most people, that's a good countermeasure. We, we need to have more debates. We need to do this more often, if you ask me. Preach. I, I, I don't think the problem is we're arguing too much. We're not really arguing at all. I mean, the conversation we had about the Pope and Protestantism and Catholicism, all those sorts of things from various angles, um, where do you see that happen anywhere in mainstream media culture? Where do, you, where do you see that happen? Literally anywhere. Where do you see it happen? Well, if our 
listeners are and viewers are any indication uh it's apparently nowhere else because they say that's one of right. the reasons they come to us i mean how many how many religion channels are on my direct tv guide right now how many cable news channels i've got one american network and newsmax on there along with fox and and uh fox business and cnn and MS. so there's like between that those two genres there's like 25 of those channels the conversation that we had which is far more important than anything David Hogg may or may not have tweeted ever. Is that happening almost anywhere else in America? Nope. No. That's a real argument. That's a re- we, had a, we had a real argument about those things. I, I thought it was a pretty real argument, didn't you? Yeah, it was great. I didn't really get the sense anybody was pulling any punches. Shannon came out a little bit stronger than even I anticipated. You kind of pushed back on her. That's, that's an argument. People, Everybody had their say. Not everybody had to agree, but everybody felt like they were heard. That's an argument. Yeah. That doesn't happen very often in America yeah. today. And just to prove your point, just so you know, after we got done with the television show, we just it we continued talking and yeah. it, was, it was great. You actually went back to her and said, hey, I think Steve cut you off before you were going to say something really snotty. What, were you, what else yeah. were you going to throw in there? And we went that we had another conversation about that for 15 minutes. I, 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 I do think collectively because we've had this whole steak and cheese its conversation with Daniel Horowitz on CRTV the whole year, right? Okay? I think collectively, America wants cheese its more than steak. Yes. But there is some market for steak, right? So like tonight, we're going to celebrate our 21st wedding anniversary tonight, all right? So we're Flemings? going- We're going Flemings. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and we're, and is, I, I, I could not afford to do that every Friday night. And I'm not sure, given how- rich in everything the food is I could stomach it even if I could afford it you know what I'm saying sure. after a while I'd be like honey I just need a wrap from Subway I mean I got <laughs> you know what I mean it's a little too much I can't do that every week but every now and then when the time is right and the occasion is right and it works in the budget I'm going to compensate today because I, I had I had a post-workout uh, omelet I'll eat a protein bar in a couple of hours and that way I won't overload my system you know so I can pace myself I couldn't make that a regular lifestyle but every now and then it's a nice change of pace and I'm looking forward to it I think that's what those Cruz Bernie Sanders debates have been just because most of the culture would prefer cheese its over steak I think that is true doesn't mean there's not a market for steak Every now and then, and I think the CNN debates with Cruz and Sanders, which have been the highest rated events they've had, albeit that's a low bar if you've seen CNN's ratings, but I mean, these have legitimately drawn millions of viewers. They'd be highly rated even by Fox's standards. Shows that. I don't know that America wants to watch that every night. In fact, I know they don't. But I think they might want to, there's enough people that would like to watch it every now and then. There's enough people out there on both sides who would kind of like to be, I, I don't have to be dumbed down all the time. Because I don't want to have a Subway wrap for dinner every night either. Some night, sometimes I kind of do want to have something that kind of sticks to your ribcage a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I do. I, I think we need, so I think we need to have more arguments, not fewer. If you want to watch us have that argument today on CRTV, CRTV.com. Promo code DACE is how you can get access to a subscription to CRTV if you haven't yet. And if you take advantage of my name as a promo code, you will get a discounted subscription that won't just give you access to our show, but all of the shows that we do at CRTV, from the very top of the food chain, the great one Mark to live in, all the way down to Space Bar, Space Bar, Space Bar, and then Space Bar, Space Bar. We're down. We are the we're the we're the we're the algae that is eaten by the plankton, otherwise known as other programming. So 
if you're bored, if you're a shut-in uh, and winter will not go away where you live and you've got nothing else to do, you can finally check us out over there. Uh, and if you're one of the cool kids, we've got really cool people like Mark Levin and Steven Crowder and people that people actually like. They're on our channel at CRTV as well. So CRTV.com, promo code DACE. And, and before we get into Feedback Friday, just a personal favor. You know, if you're listening to us today on iTunes and Stitcher or Podbay, if you could click, if you haven't done it yet, click that little subscribe button. The more of you that do that will help uh, convince CRTV to continue underwriting the cost for this. And uh, the same goes with those positive reviews. Now, some of you might be like, well, I kind of think your show blows, bro. Well, don't lie. Like, we wouldn't tell you to lie. We might just ask you to just keep that knowledge to yourself. If you like us and you could leave us a positive review, people really do when they, I mean, I just, when I got upgraded my iPad last night, you know, and now that I've got all kinds of more space than I had with the same iPad I've kept for the last five years, I decided for the first time, I hadn't really had the luxury of doing this in a couple of years of seeing what the new cool apps and stuff were. So I was playing around with that last night in between periods of watching yet another of my beloved Maze and Blue teams just rip my still beating heart on my chest in a championship game in the most painful way possible, giving up a goal with five seconds left. Oh, no. Not that uh, I'm bitter or upset about that, and it bothered me. And I had to play two and a half hours of Rory McIlroy golf afterwards just to get over that. Not that any of those things happened, but say that they did. In between periods, I was checking out my new iPad and checking out all the new cool apps and everything, you know, and I'm looking, to, are there more? Aaron just threw up the Cambodian smoking uh, toddler, which is one of my all-time favorites. I feel, I'm, I'm so zen right now. Thank you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I'm zen right now. But um, what was I even saying now? I'm, I'm the transfixed by this kid. I love this kid. Oh, in between, in between periods, periods, yes. I was yeah. looking at like the new cool apps and stuff, right? All right. And, uh, you know, I was looking to see are there more podcasts and stuff I want to subscribe to. And I, I don't, I, I don't, I, don't, I can't, you know, watch every episode of Nerdist News on YouTube or read every, every issue of Wired. So I, I can't keep up with all this stuff. And so one of the things I was looking at to see if it might be worth my time, what do you think I was looking at? How many people gave it positive reviews? How many people had already purchased it or subscribed to it, right? That does work, you know? So the more of you that could do that really would help us to grow our podcast. So many of you have done that already, and uh, we just wanted to say thank you for that. You guys ready to go? Indeed. Go. And the, and, and where he swaps out the baba for the cancer stick, Yeah, that's just a straight-up gangster play right there. Yeah. Love that kid. All right. I'm going to start with a question that um, wasn't originally on my itinerary for us to share with the audience and, and answer. But Does this, that mean it just came in? It just came in. Breaking. And, and it's from one of our, our peers here at uh, CR, uh, Chris Pandolfo. Oh. And him and I were just exchanging some DM messages about this uh, as we were getting ready to launch the, the podcast today. And I, I just I want to share some of... of, of my answer to what he asked me with the audience because one of the things we've always tried to do with our show is you know the old Chinese uh, axiom if you give a man a fish you feed him for a day you teach him to fish you feed him for life we're trying to teach you to fish we're not we're not trying to teach you or we're not trying to tell you how to think we're trying to encourage and equip you to think for yourself and a lot of what you're told about the political process is total horse pucky. Just total horse play. Totally intellectually dishonest. And I might be one of the few people 
qualified to explain to you why, because I'm one of the few people in our industry that has actually worked on campaigns. From President of the United States to school board in Des Moines. And I want to share, and I think, it, and I don't want our audience to be deceived. I know some of you want to be. I know that. I know some of you. <laughs> I, know, I know some of you desperately want to be deceived. You like your bubbles? You want to stay there, right? Okay. You love the precious. I know. But I also have to believe if you're tuning into this podcast for any reason other than pure accident, somewhere inside of you, something is saying, please pry this idol from my cold, dead fingers, right? They're, they're blinking at you with their eyelids? Yes. yes. SOS? <laughs> yes. So while the words might be, I, I love, the, 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 the blinking eyelids are saying something else, right? Chris sent me an article from uh, a popular liberal blog about Beta O'Rourke. You guys know who Beta O'Rourke is? Yep. Uh, I've heard of him. The recently. Democratic candidate challenging Ted Cruz in Texas. Yeah, it used to have a different name. Change it to yeah. Beta for some Beta reason. <laughs> I guess it's better than being Gamma O'Rourke, right? <laughs> right. Um, he's this year's Wendy Davis. He's this year's Democrat Texas fantasy that will lose regardless of the environment and make and raise you know all kinds of money in the process and and grace the cover of every leftist media enterprise of note during his on his path to defeat at the exact is that time. what this is primarily a yes. dnc fundraising campaign well is that where we're going okay. we're gonna get to that Sorry. in a second all right chris asks me because this article talks about his digital fundraising army how much money he's raising. And Chris wants to know, hey, as someone that's worked on campaigns, can you provide some insight to this? And the answer is I can. I want to go back to last year's special election in Georgia. One congressional district. Karen Handel, by the way, her Liberty score already. She hasn't even been in office. I think it's barely been a year. It's already bad. She was the Republican that won the district. Her, her Liberty score is already chunk wads it's terrible okay john ossoff was the democrat nominee in that district he did not live in this district you guys remember this i do yep john ossoff got to one million donors in a special election in one congressional district in a red state in a district he didn't even live in he got to one million donors Faster than. Faster than Barack Obama did when he was running for president in 2008. I remember that. We are lying as an industry, collectively. I don't mean us as a show. I don't even mean us as CRTV. Collectively as an industry. And I, and I, would, I would tell you specifically who it is, but there's so many examples of people who have lied to you. I don't have time for it. So I'm just going to say, we as an industry are lying to many of you. And we have been lying to you about a story for about a year, going on two years now. And that story is the, is the fundraising woes of the Democratic National Committee. 
Well, Steve, how are you lying to us? We're not lying to you that their fundraising is abysmal. Those numbers are what they are. There's, they have to be disclosed by law. And unless you're an attorney for Donald Trump, unknowingly paying off his paramours, um, you have to actually tell the truth on your disclosure forms. So if the Democratic, does anybody believe the Democratic National Committee, if they could get away with lying about how bad their fundraising numbers are and their disclosures, don't you think they do it, Todd? Asked and answered, Yeah, yeah I think I already answered my own question. Thank you. Yeah. So since, since, the, since they have to be honest, we know those numbers are bad. That's not the part we're lying to you about. We're lying to you about what it means. And, and what you're being told by many in conservative media what you're being told is energy and enthusiasm for Democrats is overstated in this election year because of how much more money the Republican National Committee has raised compared to the Democratic National Committee. And people ultimately vote with their checkbooks. Have you guys seen that spin? Have you seen those stories in yeah, the conservative yeah. media sphere? Oh, yeah. They're legion. And they've been going on for almost two years now. Those stories are either woefully uninformed to the point of incompetence. You don't understand the subject matter you're, you're covering. Or they're flat-out malfeasance. It's, it's, you're, you're being spun, guys. And Because it, it doesn't matter how much money the Democratic National Committee raised. It's embarrassing. If you were Tom Perez, their chairman, it's, it's the height of embarrassment. But Tom Perez is an embarrassment. And there's a reason why the only two people that had a chance at that job were that clown and then uh, Louis Farrakhan's, uh, you know, Trojan horse that he put in the system. Keith Ellison. (laughs) All right. So you have Louis Farrakhan's Manchurian candidate and uh, Tom Perez clown show. Who was their predecessor? The daily clown show known as Debbie Wasserman Schultz. The Democratic National Committee is irrelevant. It doesn't matter how much money they raise. Because you have to look at how much money their candidates are raising. Now that I've stated that to you, let's go back to the John Ossoff point. Didn't live in the district. Special election in a red state. And he got to one million donors before Barack Obama did. Running for president. Do you think many of those donations came from within the district he was running for? Uh, probably not the majority. Hell to the no. Not even close. I'd bet you 25, 30% of them, maybe. Maybe. What's happening is the left has figured out how to use digital media and today's technology to totally bypass the party structure. And they are directly raising this money for their candidates. So Beta O'Rourke is going to lose in Texas in November. No matter how bad this year is or isn't for Republicans, he is going to lose. It's a matter of whether he loses by five points or he loses by 25. But he's going to lose. And Wendy Davis was always going to lose um, uh, to Greg Abbott as well. But the amount of money that can be raised off of these campaigns. You elevate, you know, abortion Barbie, Wendy Davis, because you use Wendy Davis to raise money. Hey, I'm the Wendy Davis of a district we can actually win. Yeah. See what I'm saying? It's the opposite of all politics is local. Yes. It's all politics is federal. Yes. And so I'm I'm a I'm an abortion Barbie running in an in a swing district in Maryland. And I use Wendy Davis, who's this major star that's going to help us turn Texas blue. I'm using her in my direct fund mail fundraising uh, pitches as well. 
And people think that they're essentially giving money to Wendy Davis, who's the big star on the cover of the New York Times, when they're really giving money to me. Democrats are really good at this. Republicans are not. What's ironic about this is, is the, the approaches of the two parties. The Democrats federalized everything by making it local. They localized Wendy Davis in every race around the country. And they're localizing, they localized John Ossoff and they localize Beta O'Rourke, whoever the new, the, their new Luke Skywalker, New Hope is. Because the Democratic Party's central structure isn't very powerful. That's why they had to create these superdelegates in the last primary to stop Bernie Sanders from winning. Because the grassroots has control of the process. The only way Hillary Clinton could win was to rig it. And they did. With these superdelegates. And that'll never happen in the Democratic Party again because of what ha- what's tra- because she lost. If she had won, she could have gotten away with it again. But losing and then losing to the likes of Donald Trump after rigging the primary, the base of the Democratic Party, well, there's two bases. There's the government should do for people what they shouldn't do for themselves base. It's dying. It's going away. Then there's the base that we were replaced with, the leftist base, the true believer base, the Das Kapital base. They're in total control now. Total control. And they have, they have figured out how to use modern digital data mining and digital media so that they don't ever have to go through the likes of the, of, the, of the Clinton machine at the Democratic National Committee to get what they want anymore. They will pick the candidates. And they can do this because the rich mega donors, not all of them, but many of them in the Democratic Party, the Warren Buffetts, the Tom Steyers, etc., they're, they're Marxist or progressives too. That's not the case in the Republican Party. Throw out the Mercers, and right now Rebecca Mercer's writing for the Wall Street Journal. She's a social justice warrior, and Grandpa, her dad, Mercer, is de- divesting from Breitbart and claiming, well, I never really believed in Milo all along. All right, so we have very few of those kinds of people writing the big checks on the right. Most of them are corporate people who don't care about any of your cultural issues and want open borders for cheap labor. The people writing the checks, on a lot of the checks on the left are the most radical elements. And that's why they get to move the party to the left. The people writing most of the checks on the right are your most moderate liberal elements. That's why they move the Republican Party to the left too. And the Democrats use, modern, the, the left uses these modern means by which to say, well, we want that candidate and we don't have to go through our local party. We'll just do this ourselves. They have decentralized power in the party and emboldened their grassroots. Now, in the Republican Party model, it's the exact opposite. Look at the way Reince Priebus rigged this last convention for Trump. I mean, we had a United States senator on national television, Mike Lee, on camera being called out of order against their own convention rules. And they just basically told him F you right there to his face with the cameras on and said, we can do whatever we want to. Because three seconds after this convention is over, no matter how much you hate us now, you'll vote for us anyway because you hate the Democrats more. And you're our slaves. You guys, we just rattle our zipper. You'll come hither backstage after after, after, after we come out and play Freebird one more time. You'll, 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 t- you'll, you'll unplug your cigarette lighters. We'll rattle our zippers backstage. 
Maybe and maybe if we're lucky, we'll take a quick shower before we head back to the hotel, if you know what I'm saying. But maybe I'm not feeling it that night either. And, and you'll take it and you'll like it because that's who you are and that's who we are. That's how they treat us. The base is empowered on the other side and they've used modern media so that it doesn't matter if the, it, I'm just telling you, it doesn't matter if the Democratic National Committee raises a billion dollars or one dollar. It will not change the outcome of an election one way or the other. It doesn't matter. Look at the amount of money their candidates are raising. And if Beta O'Rourke can raise this kind of money with their energy and with their technology and their data in a race, he's going to lose. What do you think? Look, I know everybody thinks Roy Moore lost because of the allegations and they played a huge role. Go look at how badly he was outspent in that state. It was about 10 to 1 by Doug Jones. Same exact thing. Now, the difference between Roy Moore and, and, and my guess is Ted Cruz is going to get outspent considerably. And Cruz can raise a lot of money, but he will in the end get outspent considerably. Now, because he doesn't have the allegations against him that Roy Moore does, he will survive being outspent that badly by Beta O'Rourke. And so, yes, it is true Roy Moore lost because of those allegations, but he was getting outspent 10 to 1. If he was getting outspent 7 to 1 with those allegations or 6 to 1, what did he lose by one point? Wasn't by one point? I, I think it was one, was it one point. He lost by one point in a race where he was accused of molesting girls 40 years ago and he was outspent 10 to 1. What do you think if he was only outspent 7 to 1? What do you think? Do you think he would have lost that race? Hell no. Would have won. So if they can raise that kind of money in Alabama for a candidate, if they can raise that kind of money in Texas for a candidate, if they can raise that kind of money in a special election in Georgia for a candidate, what do you think the, the disadvantage is? Look at all these Republican retirements around the country, which means now we have new candidates coming in that don't have the fundraising prowess yet, replacing them. What do you think the disadvantage is going to be for Republicans in all those races? It, it, anybody who tells you it's a big deal, the Democratic National it's embarrassing. I think laugh at them. It's funny. Okay? It shows you what their own base thinks of their own party. Okay? But that's all that it is. You're doing the equivalent of, um, we caught your, we, we, your, your, your top rival in college football, we caught your coach with a hooker. And yes, that's embarrassing. You call your local sports show, it's really embarrassing. It really doesn't change the fact they kicked your ass 50 to 10 last fall. Did, did it change the outcome of the game? No. Will it change the outcome of next year's game? No. Nah. Is it fun that day to laugh at him? Make you forget the fact they just kicked your ass. Is it fun? But it, yeah, but it doesn't change the outcome of any of the games. That's what this story is. It's a non-nothing burger. And he's shameless enough. He's going to turn around and say scoreboard anyway. That's exactly right. It's a he, victory. Because here's what he knows. That coach knows if we kick your ass 50 to 10 next, next fall too, I can, I can go out with 10 hookers. No one's going to say anything. He knows that. This is, this is the argument losers make. Loser fans rally around stories like this because you can't rally around the actual game score. We've done a disservice to you telling you that this matters. It doesn't matter. This is why Cambridge Analytica was very important on the right. They were, they were, they were figuring out. This is one of the ways we raised so much money in the Cruz campaign. We did it two ways. We had a, several major families in Texas pour huge dollars into our super PACs. And then as a campaign, we, we mastered we took what Ron Paul was able to do times 10 with direct small contributions. I think the average donation to the, to the Cruz campaign, I think it was less than 
for millions of donors. And we did almost all of it online. Most, with, with what's happened with Cambridge and everything else, there really isn't a conservative analytic company in America now that can do for conservative candidates what the Democrats can do for theirs. And it will get more of a disadvantage once Mark Zuckerberg is done paying his penance to the SJW gods for daring to let Cambridge Analytica do it the first time around. It'll get even worse. Let me stop right there because I want to get too technical. Do you think I answered? Enough to know that I'm going to hate life more and more the closer we get to this damn election, Steve. This is why, what I just described to you is why you cannot win in the Republican Party. It's not my ideological. It's not that they're not conservative enough. It's simple math. You can't win. The reason you can't win is that the donor class is to the left of you. And they're writing huge checks to keep these incumbents, these rhino incumbents in power. Our candidates don't have the money to compete, not because they need to be on the air ad for ad. They don't, most people don't even know they're running. They don't have the name ID. And they get slaughtered. That's why you can't win. And then the the methodology that would allow you to even the score, data mining, using of digital media, because of what's happened with Cambridge Analytica, Ron Paul could not do now. If Ron Paul were starting now and not 20 years ago with his grassroots revolution that eventually, that originally started with direct mail fundraising and then moved on to digital, he couldn't do it today. They're good, to, they're good to screw us, guys. Bad. Real bad is how this is going to end. Because Mark Zuckerberg is going to lose his company if he doesn't. Hell, the Republicans are subpoenaing him. What do you think the Democrats are going to do if they're in charge of Congress next January? We're going to take time out from impeaching Trump. We're going we're gonna to pimp slap Mark Zuckerberg for, for three hours on MSNBC. That's what's going to happen. They're going to drill him. And the only way he's going to get out of it is he's going to punish us. I promise that's going to happen, and it already is. And we have not created another platform that can do... We have the means to do it. We just don't. Why not? Because we're too busy worrying about, will it play on Fox tonight? And Joy Behar just said something, Steve. That, that, and, and that will play on Fox tonight, me responding to that. That's why you can't win. Deck stack against you. They control all the power and all the donors. And the modern means by which we were able to get Rand Paul's and Ted Cruz's in the past, that's all going to be taken away now. I don't think Ted Cruz could do, if Ted Cruz were starting out in this cycle and not in 2014, I don't think he could do that when he's done. I don't think he'd even won his primary. No way he beats a sitting lieutenant governor. Are you kidding me? A sitting lieutenant governor endorsed by Rick Perry? No way he beats him. Couldn't do it. Environment wouldn't allow it. Technology wouldn't allow it. That's where we're at now. We have to create our own thing. We have to create our own means of data collection and sharing, our own platforms, so that people come here knowing I'm a part of a community of the like-minded, and it's okay for you to share my information because I want to be a consumer of these products and of these ideas and of these campaigns. And I'm voluntarily coming here for that purpose. And there's no reason we can't do it. If, if you can do it in fantasy football, guys, 
We can do it here. We just don't. Because it's really about, will it get me on Fox tonight? And we don't even ask, when we have major donors like the Wilkes and others, we don't even bring them big ideas like this. Instead, what happens is Tony Perkins shows up in, shows up in rural Texas and pitches them on, well, help me send out these mailers to 20 million Christians talking about how whoever the Republican Party nominates is like sitting on the right-hand throne of Jesus and will win. And oh, by the way, my media buyers will all get a commission on that. That's what we do. We're freaking screwed, okay? We're toast. If we don't change the paradigm, we're done. Done, 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 finished, done. Have I made my point, do you think? You're done. Okay, let's move on. Was I was I tapping the table too much there, Aaron? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, also, I, I was I, also I was mad as hell, but, oh. but that <laughs> that was the main thrust that you were banging the table too much. And, and I'm yes, I'm trying to get you there because if I can get you to that point, you might do something about it. Felix Bingham, I love this note in Phoenix says. On your Wednesday show, you discussed ESPN and briefly touched on other channels such as BYU TV. I'm a Mormon, but I've become increasingly frustrated with my religion as they've abandoned their focus on constitutionalism and opposition to socialism and turned to, quote unquote, compassion and open borders, etc. In short, the views of Mormon leadership from the 50s to the 90s used to be personified by principled people like Mike Lee. However, in the, view, the views of Mormon leadership are now personified by people like Jeff Flake, Mitt Romney and Harry Reid. I more frequently find myself politically and socially aligned with evangelicals, and I'm disgusted by my church's political positions, which I see as a betrayal of its membership. Do you have any thoughts on why my church is turning itself inside out? Yes. And despite our theological differences between you as a Mormon Felix and me as an evangelical, it's the same problem. The creation works on the principle of headship. God is not a God of disorder, not a God of chaos. So when the Bible says the husband is the, the man is the head of the home, most men, because we're sinners, read that as I'm the authority. That's not what it means. It means you have the responsibility. That's a big difference. Call to duty. Yeah, big difference. I mean, do you have authority? Well, sure. Does mom have authority? Sure. But headship is not a statement ultimately of authority. It is ultimately a statement of responsibility. This is the chain of accountability, more so than the chain of command. If your family goes by the wayside, God says, I'm starting with you first. You're accountable first. Because most men view become authoritarians with this teaching. Instead of modeling the suffering servant servanthood of Christ. The man, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve others. Whoever's first will be last, whoever's last will be first, right? Okay. Most men do not honor that notion with the teaching of headship. They look at it from an authoritarian lens. Well, I'm the final word here. You're not. God is the final word. 
you are the first word on whether he will get that final word or not. And that's the difference, brother. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. That's what most men get wrong. I saw something. There's a there's um, a group that my wife follows that tries to deal with sexual dysfunction in Christian marriages called the Marriage Bed is their Twitter account. And when they're not talking about sexual dysfunction, they, they tweet out some pretty, I would say, saying observations. And one of the things I saw them tweet just yesterday is that a husband and wife are not called to think the same. They're called to think together. You get another amen on that one. Yeah. That, I was like, that blew my mind right there on Twitter for like a good three minutes. <laughs> I just sat there and I just looked at that. Look you at know? this. Catholics and evangelicals coming together again. Because we don't even vote differently in our home. And, you know, my wife will ask me because it's my job full time. Hey, you know these candidates better than I do. What do you think? But I have, I, have, I have never either worked for, volunteered for, or publicly supported a campaign that my wife did not know the person. Because I want to get her take on it. She sees things I don't see. She has, you know, instincts I don't have. I mean, if I can't come to unity with my wife on such an important decision, what would make me think I should go out and do it on my own? Right? What does this have to do with your question, Felix? Everything. What's happening in your church is the head. It's always the head. Every time. It's the conversation, it's a follow-up to the conversation we had today about Pope Francis. There can be, what are there, about a billion Catholics worldwide? Something like that? About two billion uh, two, Christians total? Two billion Christians, one about, billion Catholics. One billion yes. Catholics. And 990 million of those Catholics could be doing Latin Mass three days a week. I mean, they could be going to Mass more than the Jehovah's Witness goes to the Kingdom Hall. But if the guy at the top wearing the white hat is a farce. They're done. That's the teaching of Christ. Why, beware blind guides, wolves in sheep's clothing. Those, my sheep hear my voice. Why are we compared to sheep? Because we're followers. It's always about the head. Same thing can happen in any evangelical church. It doesn't matter. that it, Same things happen in the Republican Party. The average Republican today is to the right of where the average Republican was in 1988. Is the Republican Party to the right of where it was in 1988, Todd? No. Hell to the no. Why? Because is the, is the average Republican in charge of the Republican Party, Todd? No. Those donors writing the checks are, and they're to the left of you. They're the head. It's always about headship. And the reason why, Felix, your church is moving to the left is because Mike Lee would not even be in the U.S. Senate if he had to win a primary the first time he ran. He would have lost. He, he won the nomination because he, he was able to get it. He had it at a convention where the most committed delegates and the, and the true believers are. If he had to win a statewide primary, when was that? I can't remember if he got elected originally in 2014 or 2010. If he had to win a statewide primary the first time, he probably would have lost. Because the Jeff Flakes, Mitt Romney's, Harry Reid's at all would have just outspent him to oblivion. Now that he's an incumbent, he's insulated from that. 
But there's a reason why one of your senators is Mike Lee and the other is Orrin Hatch. They're in the same political party and one of these things is not like the other. Know what I'm saying? Do. Look at the head. It's always the head. There's every study that's been done has shown if mom alone takes the kids to church, it's 50-50 that when they grow up, at best it's 50-50 when they grow up, they will go to church as adults. But if dad takes them, almost regardless of what mom does, the odds skyrocket. Why? Because he's got the headship. That's why. That's why. Most people, if you've ever done any kind of counseling or any kind of theophostic ministry or restorative ministry, dealing with people that are coming out of terrible sins or abuse, or you've been in those people, I've been, on, I've been involved in that. Because I came out of terrible abuse, dysfunction. Most of us see God the way we see our own dads, for better or for worse. What's the condition of fatherhood in America today, men? Exactly. So therefore, most Americans, do you think they have the right notions of who God is because of the condition of fatherhood? The exact opposite. And that's why if dad models faithfulness to the kids, they're more likely to stay faithful as adults. Train up a child in the way he shall go, and when he is older, he will not depart from it. Because the dad's the head. He bears the most responsibility. This is what's happened to your church, Felix, and it's what's happening across the board. Always look at the head. See, we have a tendency to look at the base. We have a tendency to look at the people who are like us or where we are. We go to the, we, we go to, you go to a Republican convention. You stand on the floor and you're like, man, everybody here believes in the original intent of the Constitution. Most of the people here go to church. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you're like, I don't know why these guys like Steve Dace are bitching and moaning about the Republican Party. Because you're not the Republican Party. People up on the dais are. The guy who is shouting down a U.S. senator on the floor of the Senate and telling him and ruling him out of order against their own convention rules, he's the party because he's in charge. It's always about the head. You're not going to make... You're not going to make the LDS Church, Felix, more faithful by bringing in more faithful Mormons. That won't work. You will make it more faithful by having more faithful leaders, regardless of how many faithful people you bring in. That's why the question about the Pope is so, the conversation about the Pope is so important. That's why the, the conversation about Jerry Falwell Jr. we had the week before is so important. In many respects, he's a mini Pope. He is the face of the largest evangelical university on planet Earth. He's the face. When you think of Liberty University, I bet you if we walked into like their Bible studies class, we'd be like blown away by how orthodox and devoted it was. But is that your picture of Liberty University? Nope. What's your picture of Liberty University? America first, baby. Jerry Falwell Jr., why? He's the head. Your local priest at St. Augustine's that you just love, who brings it, man, every Sunday at Mass. Is he the Catholic Church, the average American, Todd? No, not the average American. Who is? Who is? That would be the Pope. Yeah, It's always about the head every time. It's the same thing you got going on over there in Salt Lake City. It's the same thing we got going on in Rome and the same thing we got going on at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, brother. Same thing. Look at the head every time. Final thoughts, gentlemen. Well, 
I think I already, my final thought I said earlier, um, I said I didn't want to talk about 2018 at all after the last election. I don't want to talk about it now. I'm not going to want to talk about it when we get closer, um, mostly because um, our salvation doesn't lie there not remote it never did um but it's it's not even a a tangential aside to our salvation now it is a distraction uh it's a game we cannot win that's what steve has been trying uh to say uh not that games aren't important but we need a different one fast oh a quick word on uh headship i get kind of uh i don't know when I talk about what I would like to do in my future uh, parenting ex- escapades, God willing, I ever have children, I get a little bit uh, skittish because people get really pissed off when people who don't have kids start talking about parenting, I've, I've, I've learned. <laughs> so take this with a humongous Indeed. grain of salt. Um, if, Lord willing, I ever have kids, I want to drill into their minds the principle of headship. Because when you do that, my thinking is they'll understand who truly, at the end of the day, they're accountable to. So when I'm disciplining my kids, what I want to do is tell them that they're not accountable to me. They're accountable to God first. And God has placed me in a place of responsibility over them. That's how I think you can begin to raise up more leaders who are accountable not to themselves, not to the people, uh, not to any person, human being, but how to raise up leaders that are accountable to God first and foremost. But I've never had kids, so that's probably wrong. But go ahead. No, theoretically you are right. When you have kids, you will see (laughs) it is not theoretically simple to implement. Here it comes. <laughs> no, theoretically, man, that was that was that was cash money, homie. It's just not as easy to to simple to implement once uh, once the kids actually happen. Yeah. Everybody, thank you for tuning in here today on uh, Feedback Friday on our podcast here on CRTV and Westwood One. Speaking of CRTV, don't forget promo code DACE if you want to get access to today's television show. CRTV.com, promo code D-E-A-C-E. Have a great weekend. Maybe where you are, spring will arrive one day. Our prince will come. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you.